Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We are currently in the series, So Now What? We hope it's a blessing to you. If you have a Bible or a device, I would like for you to find Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2, in just a few moments I'm going to read through two verses, verses 17 and 18. Nehemiah is a riveting story. And for those of you who were with us in March of 2014, we took seven weeks to walk through the life and the story of Nehemiah. And there is so much that we learned from him that helped prepare us for our journey toward a real home. Here's the breakdown on Nehemiah's life. He sees a need, and then secondly, he meets the need. That's his whole life. He sees a need. It's his hometown of Jerusalem. And at the time, it was in ruins. It was a hot mess. They were devastated, and that hurt Nehemiah on the inside. He saw that need, and he wasn't ossetent about that need. He decided to do something about it. He saw the need, and then he met the need. He did something about it. And that brings us to Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 17. Out of respect for God and his word, will you please stand with me as I read? Verse 17 says, But now I... Nehemiah said to them, and the them talked about here are the people who will join Nehemiah in the rebuilding process. So I, Nehemiah, said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. This is such a powerful sentence right here. I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been upon me and my conversation with the king. The king here is Nehemiah's boss. It's who Nehemiah reported to, and that's who he worked for. It's the same king that's actually going to release Nehemiah and allow him to go back to his hometown and rebuild. And so Nehemiah is sharing this with the people, and then it says this, they replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. And so they began the good work. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall, and they began the good work. These are God's holy and authoritative words. You may be seated. If you were to read through the 13 chapters of Nehemiah, which I would encourage you to do at some point, because again, it's just a captivating story. But if you were to read through all 13 chapters, here's what you would discover. You would find that Nehemiah and the people meet their objective. They indeed, they go back to Jerusalem, and even though it's a mess and the walls are destroyed, and there's no pride in this place, they, in a very short amount of time, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And in the process of that, people were turning to each other 
and serving and loving each other in new ways. And people also confessed their sins to God in the process of rebuilding. There was a revival of sorts. It's just amazing. And that all happened because Nehemiah saw a need. He recognized that his hometown was a wreck. He saw it and he did something about it. This sentence in verse 18 has absolutely captured my attention, though. And this is what I want to lean into today for just a few moments. So here's Nehemiah talking, and he says, Then I told them, these people that are going to be doing the rebuilding with them, they're going to lock arms together, and they're going to do this good work. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And of course, they replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. And so they began the good work. What does this mean? And why is this so important to Nehemiah? And is it possible that these simple activities, rebuilding the wall, bringing pride and glory back to a devastated city, Is it possible that these activities cause positive organizational movement? And the answer to that is yes. It's exactly what happened. And we'll discover that as we kind of move through our time. So here's what I want to do today. I want to talk to you about, and here's our big idea, and I would encourage you to fill this in on your talk notes. The good work has begun. I've already read that in Nehemiah chapter 2. This is what he's reporting, that the good work has begun. That was true in Nehemiah's day. I think that's true for us here at Valley Point Church. And it's an exciting time. And you should smile and be thrilled because right here in our church, the good work has begun. Now, I want to break that into two different parts now. And I want to spend some time thinking with you about how the gracious hand of God has been upon us. And in doing that, I'm going to share some stories with you of people right here at Valley Point Church. Maybe you know them, maybe you don't. In a church our size, it's hard to know everybody. But the gracious hand of God is so working in and through people. And so I got permission to share a few stories. And I want to share that with you because when I think of the good work that's happening here, I think of the good work of God working in and through people and how his gracious hand is evident in our lives. And then after that, I want to talk about how God has given us favor with the kings or with those in authority, and that has happened for us. And because God's gracious hand is working through us, he's working through people, and because God has given us favor with the decision makers, the good work has begun and our project is moving forward. And so that's where we're headed today. I want to talk to you about the gracious hand of God and how I see it in people. And I want to talk to you about our vintage miracle of how God has given us favor with the kings and with those in authority. So let me talk to you about people for just a bit and how I see the gracious hand of God in the lives of individuals. This is my friend Jack Genther. Jack Genthert is a senior in high school. He's a great guy. 
He volunteers a lot here on Sunday mornings, and he's an active part of On Point, our student ministries for, for 6th through 12th grade students. A couple of weeks ago, as he was preparing for On Point, he recognized that there was an element that was going to happen in the course of the evening that one of his friends would really enjoy and appreciate. And his friend hadn't been at On Point for a couple of weeks, and so Jack took it upon himself to extend an invitation to his friend. Hey, I want you to come. And he texted his friend, I I want you to be here because I think you're really going to enjoy this element, and I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. I hope you can make it. Well, that text did something for his friend, who indeed got ready and showed up for On Point that night. And if that were the end of the story, that would be great news because that's kind of a cool thing. But here's what happened next. The kid who was invited, his mom sent an email to our leadership saying, you have no idea what that simple text from that young man did for my son. He needed that notice at that time. And he had a great evening And I can't express to you my thanks enough for that simple invitation. Now think about this. Jack is a senior in high school. High school guys don't invite other people to church. That's not what they do. They're thinking about other things. And they're doing other things. But not Jack. Jack extended that invite. And it's changing a young man. And it made a difference for that family On that night, I see all of this as the gracious hand of God working through Jack. Let me introduce you to my friend, Sue Shanko. About five years ago, Sue was here at Valley Point. We were walking through a teaching series at the time where I was encouraging people to use the one life that you've been given. Right? We've all been given one life, and God wants us to take that and to use it to make a difference where we live, where we work, and where we play. And so I was encouraging everybody, you find your spot. You find your place and use your life to make a difference. And the specific challenge was to find something outside of Valley Point Church. And so Sue began to pray about that and began to think. In a short amount of time, Sue got connected to Safe Harbor in Westchester, which is a homeless shelter for men and women. And God just kind of tugged onto her heart that this is where I want you. And Sue, you can take your life and you can make a big difference right here, loving people and encouraging those walking through very difficult times. And so for the last five years on a regular basis, Sue has given of her time. And I see all of that as the gracious hand of God working through Sue. Let me introduce you to my friend, Pat Green. She's a true sweetheart, and at the young age of 88, let me tell you what what, uh, Pat is doing. Pat, at 88 years of age, makes scarves, and she probably even made the one that she's wearing there in the picture. She makes these scarves, and one might think, well, that's not a big deal. I don't know if that's really a display of the gracious hand of God. But here's what she does. She has taken those scarves. She gives a ton of them to my wife consistently. And Tanya, my wife, was instructed by Pat to take these scarves. And when you know of a woman walking through 
a sickness or a difficult time or a challenging season in her life. Give her one of these scarves. Give her a scarf. And so for the last couple of years, my wife has given away these scarves to women battling cancer. She gave a scarf recently to a woman who lost her husband of 50 plus years. She gave a scarf recently to a young mom who lost her infant. And she's given these scarves away to countless women walking through very difficult and dark days. And you know what? It's a lot more than a scarf, right? Because that scarf communicates somebody cares, somebody is thinking about you, somebody loves you, and you take this and you enjoy it. It's so much more than a scarf. And I see this as the gracious hand of God working through somebody like Pat Green. Let me introduce you to my friends, Rachel and Nelson Whitlock. Many of you are here today because you've been invited by Rachel or Nelson. They've extended a ton of invites, and they're just really good at asking people to join them here. I first met Rachel and Nelson about seven years ago when I first came, and I didn't know a lot of people in the church at the time, and they set up an appointment. They wanted to meet with me, and so we got together in my office, and I realized quickly that they were in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. And their marriage was hanging on by a thread, a really thin thread. And I remember talking through that and giving them some thoughts and some scripture. And they got up and I shared this with them later. I, I didn't think there was a lot of hope there. Just didn't think there was a lot of hope. But then God, right? But then God. And when God appears in the lives of people who are hanging on by a thread or who are in a lot of trouble, things just can change. And that's their story. They began to fight for their marriage. And they put in the hard work. And seven years later, God is using them. A couple that was barely hanging in there. God is using them seven years later to introduce a lot of people to Jesus. And I see all of this as just the gracious hand of God working through Rachel and Nelson Whitlock. Let me introduce you to my friend, Anthony Dill. Anthony, from the very beginning of his life, has been touched by God. He's a remarkable young man. A couple of years ago, when he was about 12, he went to a summer camp with On Point, our student ministry. And it was at that camp that he made the choice to trust in Jesus alone to save him. It's a great choice. A couple of weeks after that, Anthony stood on this stage. And some of you may remember that day. It was a wonderful time. Anthony stood on this stage and with that beautiful smile said, You know what, church? I've trusted in Jesus alone to save me. And he talked with confidence and with boldness about what God had done in his life. 12-year-old boys aren't supposed to be that bold and that confident. But he was, and he is. And I see this as the gracious hand of God working through somebody like Anthony. 
Let me introduce you to my friend, Sherry Clemmis. Sherry Clemmis was one of the first individuals to welcome my family here when we moved seven years ago to the area. And again, we really didn't know a lot of people, but we met Sherry. She wasn't even a part of Valley Point Church at the time, but we had kids in the same grade. And so she knew we were new and she had experienced moving here a few years before that. And so she just reached out to us and loved us and welcomed us and we became friends. She started attending Valley Point after that. In 2012, I had the wonderful honor of officiating at her wedding. Sherry is now on our staff, and she leads our first impressions teams, and she's doing a fantastic job. She's not only welcoming people into the community, she's welcoming people into our church, and I see all of this as the gracious hand of God working through someone like Sherry. Let me introduce you to my friend, Joey Borowski. Joey, as a young boy, he's had to battle cancer twice in his life. And that doesn't exactly seem fair. It doesn't seem fair. But Joey fought, and his family fought. They became a part of Valley Point Church, And as a church family, we surrounded them and loved them and prayed hard for them and for him. A couple of years ago, Joey walked through a bone marrow transplant. And the great news is today, Joey is healthy and strong. He's a senior in high school. He's going to graduate this year. And I had the great privilege a couple of weeks ago of writing a letter of referral for him to get into Penn State, which is where he will continue his education this fall. Through all of these dark days, through all of these really trying times when they thought maybe they were on the other side of this, and then it comes back and they got to fight and battle again, giving praise and thanks to God for what he did in and through Joey. And I just see all of this for this precious family for this precious young man as the gracious hand of God working through him. And as I look out, I see so many faces and stories. And and you've invited me into your pain. So many of you have. You've trusted me with that. And so many of you have invited me into your successes as well. And when I think about Valley Point Church and the good things that are happening here, I could talk about stats and facts and I could do that. But I tend to look at people and how the gracious hand of God is working in and through you and being a bright light and faith is alive and it's incredible to consider. I will tell you that when I began to write this talk three weeks ago, I generally approach my writing day with an agenda. I have a big idea and a paragraph, and I've got my takeaways, and then I just begin to fill in the gaps. And I'm pretty strict about that, and I have my time frames, and nobody bothers me, and I just get to the task. That's what I do. So that happens just about every Wednesday. When I began to put this talk together, I had a plan, and I had some scripture and a path that I wanted to walk on for this presentation. And I went to Starbucks that day, and I got my pour-over dark blend, and it was fantastic, and it inspired my mind. And I sat down with my outline and my grid, and then I just began to read from Nehemiah. 
And this whole thought here in verse 18, that this hand of God has been upon me and my people. And immediately my writing went in a whole different direction. As I just began to think about Jack Genther and Sue and Pat and Rachel and Nelson and Anthony and Sherry and Joey and how the hand of God, the goodness of God has been made real to them and and we all benefit from this. And again, as I look out, there are so many stories of the gracious hand of God being on you, being on us. And so, yeah, the good work has begun. It's begun because the gracious hand of God is on us. And I could throw out stats. Like since 2013, guess what? 209 people have trusted Christ through Valley Point Church. 124 people have been baptized. 165 people have gone on compassion trips. Over 5,000 accumulative hours of serving have been given right here in our communities during our love days. $269,000 has been given away through our Christmas initiatives. And a new home is rising at 209 Bethel Road. That's what I started to think about as the gracious hand of God being upon us. And that's true. And that's all good. But when I think of his hand working, I think of what he's doing in the lives of people through pain and through success and everything in between. And this should cause us all to step back and say, only God. Only God. The gracious hand of God. It's right here. Well, I also want to talk to you about another area that Nehemiah identified as he had this conversation. And it wasn't just about the gracious hand of God working. He also commented about how I have had favor with the king or those in authority, the decision makers, think favorably upon me. And that has also happened here, enabling the good work to continue. Many of you know the story of how those in authority around here have really helped us and encouraged us in our journey toward a real home. Many of you know the story. Some of you know bits and pieces of the story. Some of you have maybe never heard this story before. And so I want to review this because it is a story of God doing only what God could do. And we couldn't figure things out. And we couldn't keep moving forward with the plan. God did something for us that we never could have done on our own. It's a story of answered prayer. It is a story of provision. It's an incredible story that should constantly cause us to say, holy cow, or holy something, because it's just amazing. So let me review this story for you, because it is our vintage miracle. So check this out. Here's the real home timeline. In 2012, we began to pray and have conversations, realizing that we may not be able to meet in a school forever. This isn't our space, and we may not be able to continue doing this forever and ever and ever. And so we got to begin praying and thinking about this, and conversations began. In 2013, our real home journey began. We said, yeah, 
it's time and we want to go back to our property on 209 Bethel Road, just a short distance from here. We think that's where God wants us to place this home. And so in 2013, that journey began. In 2014, there was shocking generosity that, again, enabled the project to keep moving forward. And many of you were part of that. And we set a big financial goal that we had to meet in order to continue moving forward, in order to build this future real home. And we prayed over that. And with fear and trembling, we approached that commitment day, not knowing if we'd be able to meet that goal. And we not only met that goal, but as I shared last week, we exceeded it by half a million dollars. It was just shocking generosity, which again, enabled everything to keep going forward. In 2014, and then in 2016, we encountered the challenge. And the challenge is we had a piece of property, and we were now raising funds to build on land that really was not buildable because it didn't have the right kind of infrastructure. It didn't have public water and sewer, and we were going to have to bring that to our property in order to keep building there. And so we began to throw out plans and meet with officials and have these conversations, and we ran into one closed door after another. And it became a little frightening, like maybe God doesn't want us on that piece of land. Maybe we should be looking elsewhere. And we did that. And God closed those doors as well and kept directing us back to 209 Bethel Road. And it just made a lot of sense other than we couldn't build because the infrastructure wasn't there. And so we prayed fervently. A lot of you were part of that. And here's what happened in 2016. An agreement was reached with Concord Township, the Garnet Valley School District, and Valley Point Church that allowed us to bring infrastructure to our property. Now, that might seem like a really simple thing, but that was years in the making. And God giving us favor with officials and with those in authority. Think about it. We're a church, and we have an agreement with a township and a public school to get water and sewer onto our property. We had to go to Harrisburg to get this whole thing approved. And you need to know it is the only agreement of its kind in the entire state of Pennsylvania. And I think all of that just points to God giving us favor with those in authority. And I don't think it was just a matter of the township or the school saying, you know, we feel really bad for that church and we want to get them off our backs because they're persistent in asking and they keep coming up with all of these plans. No, I think those in authority, the decision makers, view us and they look at Valley Point Church as part of the community. They see us as a good neighbor. And they invite our participation. And when you think about it, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? We have a community around us that wants us to be involved. And I know this to be true because I have these conversations with those in authority. And they come to me saying, hey, is Valley Point going to do this? Does Valley Point want to be involved in this activity? Does Valley Point want to participate? And that blows my mind every time I have those conversations because it helps me to know that God has given us favor with those in authority. That's what happened in 2016. Well, later in the year, in October, we had a glorious, groundbreaking day. And then at the top of this year, construction began. And I would encourage you, drive by the property as often as you can. 
And when you drive by, see more than trucks and dirt being moved around. See a true generous move of God and pray for the process and pray for those who aren't even at Valley Point yet who will meet on that property and find a real spiritual home. Do that. And I'm so happy to say that God willing, in December of this year, the Sunday that we're targeting is actually December the 3rd, that's the first Sunday of the month, we hope to move into our future real home. That is 37 Sundays away from today, God willing. Yeah. Again, all of that, all of that timeline, to say God did what we couldn't do. We've got to step back and look at the vintage miracle and say, only God, only God. Think about this. Sometimes God shows up, doesn't he? You've probably seen this happen in your life occasionally. God shows up and does something. Sometimes God shows up. I think sometimes God shows off. I think that's what he does. And I believe with everything inside of me, that's what he's done with our project. He not only showed up for us, I believe he is showing off a little bit because, again, God is doing something that only he could do. And when God shows off, guess what? There is a story. There is a vintage miracle that we have to constantly go back and remember. Consider this. Do you think David the David we find in Scripture, King David. Do you think he ever went back to the valley of Elah where he dropped the giant Goliath with one stone to say, you know what? This is the place. This is the valley where God did something through me that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. Did he ever do that? Do you think Moses ever went back to the site of the burning bush to say, this is where God worked in me to lead my people on a great journey? Do you think Lazarus ever went back to the site of the tomb where he was dead for a few days to drop a flower there, just remembering how Jesus brought him back? Do you think Peter ever took the opportunity to row out on the Sea of Galilee to go back to the spot where he walked on water? I think they probably did this. And it's a reminder to all of us, you have to go back to vintage miracles once in a while to recognize the faithfulness of God. And when we forget the faithfulness of God, we lose faith. And that's a dangerous thing. And so this is why we go back this is why we review our vintage miracle as a church to say God gave us favor with those in authority. The last part of Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 18 says, They, the people, replied at once, Yes, let's rebuild the wall. And so they began the good work. Can I share something with you? The good work has begun. The good work has begun. It's you, me, us, building this thing that matters and is important. So we are building this thing called the church. And it is messy and imperfect at times. We don't always get it right. 
But God tells us that the church is beautiful. And so Valley Point, you are beautiful. And in our small little corner of the world, God is using us to restore an institution and make it real and relevant and unselfish. The good work has begun. When I wrapped up my writing on that day, I was crying in Starbucks, and so I had to rush back into the bathroom so nobody would see this happening. And I came back out after thinking about all of these people and how the gracious hand of God has been upon them and what an example that is to all of us. And how God has given us a vintage miracle. Do you remember those of you who stood on the property that night and prayed, God, there's water and sewer over there. And we need it over here. And so we're asking you to do what we haven't been able to figure out on our own. And again, that agreement came in 2016. And the good work has begun. And so after thinking about how the gracious hand of God has been upon us. And we have this vintage miracle that we have to review. So we don't lose sight of the faithfulness of God. Here's the takeaway I came up with. Ready? It's really complicated. Come on. Come on, Valley Point, let's keep building this thing that matters. Come on, let's keep building this thing that matters. Father, we come into your presence and it's been good to go back to Nehemiah and his story and we studied him three years ago during this time frame. And we looked at his life and and we investigated all of the different things that happened there. And there are so many wonderful takeaways for us tucked into this dynamic story in his life. God, he saw a need and he met it. God, this is part of our story now. We saw a need and we're in the process of meeting that along the way. We are noticing your gracious hand. Your gracious hand. God, last week we looked at a story in the book of Luke about how your gracious hand was upon Zechariah and Elizabeth and their baby boy named John. Your gracious hand was right there and people noticed. God, your gracious hand, is it's right here. And we're seeing that lived out and displayed in people who are taking faith steps, who are reaching out to you, who are volunteering, who are inviting, who are seeking to repair their marriages, who are fighting for their life, even physically, and reaching out to you in the process. And God, so many more stories represented by everybody here, stories of pain and success, and everything in between. God, may we continue to look for your gracious hand, and may that be the story of Valley Point. It's not necessarily about facts and stats. It's about how you're moving in the lives of real people, seeking to look up to you and honor you. And God, I want to thank you for giving us favor with those in authority. We continue to ask for that as we move forward. God, you gave us a vintage miracle. I think sometimes we look at scripture and we think about 
your children crossing the Red Sea and how amazed they must have been about walking across on dry ground. And certainly they would never forget that. That was a great miracle. God, you've given us that kind of miracle. They couldn't cross that Red Sea. You did it for them. We couldn't find a way to bring water and sewer to our property. You did that for us. And so we thank you for giving us favor with those in authority, for giving us our own vintage miracle. May we never forget that because if we forget the faithfulness of God, we lose faith. And we don't want that to happen. So continue to work in and through us. May the good work keep going forward through this place called Valley Point Church. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com and click online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Please reach out to us at prayer at valleypointchurch.com.